0: Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined, as always, by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. I'm here. And this week, we do not have our middle brother, Matthew. He is, I can only assume, partying it up in New York City with his wife. Wasn't thinking too much about us and just decided to do that for the week. But that's why we have three brothers, um, because we can... We can Move on without one of them.
1: And if it sounds like crap this week, it's Matthew's fault, because he's normally the one that handles all that stuff, and so we're kind of (laughs) just figuring it out on our own. And don't let us know, because we don't care. (laughs) We're trying our
0: best. That's what we're trying to say. We are trying to give you the best product we possibly can. And speaking of, you were saying that the Tomahawk show has not sound good in past weeks. I listened to the one from today. It was so bad yeah, no, it sounds bad. It's like how, like they're like a professional, like they have people that are like doing that and it still sounds bad. I feel like we sound pretty good. No. I mean, maybe the content isn't as great as the Tomahawk show, which is undisputable, but the sound quality, I, I think I don't know
1: good. though. They've rambled a lot of times. A yeah, lot of times the content's not great. I, you, okay. You get three or four nuggets on Tomahawk every week that you, that you can pull away, but...
0: Yeah, I, Hawkins... Hawkins drives Hawkins, me nuts sometimes. I know, you don't
1: like Hawkins. Hawkins
0: rambles, but like... I like the rambles, like I like it when Joe rambles about his life, whenever he's talking about what it's like to be Joe Thomas, because it's Joe Thomas. I love it. Oh, for sure. Um, Anyway, so we don't have Matthew this week, um, but it is a a podcast after a win. We haven't had very many of those, so we are excited to bring it to you. Um, This podcast is brought to you by Barbasol. The new Barbasol Shave Club featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor. It's a brand that men have trusted for nearly 100 years to deliver a close, comfortable shave. Who are you to argue with that? Visit Barbasol.com to join the Shave Club today. Um, if you use discount code BROWNS, which is a code that you only get on our podcast, at checkout, you get $2 off your initial shave kit order. So go to Barbasol.com today. Use that discount code B R B-R- O-W-N-S, Browns, and you get $2 off your Shave Kit order. You can change the frequency of the amount of times that razors are sent to your house. Maybe you shave a lot. Maybe you don't shave a lot. Um, You can customize that to your specific needs. Go do that today. So, as always, we like to open up the podcast with a call to our grandfather, who is the reason that we are a Browns fan. That is the reason for our name, Son of Our Fathers, our grandpa um has been a huge browns fan his whole life made our dad a browns fan and he made us a browns fan so uh, michael got a chance to call him earlier this morning and here is that
1: call Hello. grandpa hey it's michael
2: oh michael how are you doing uh,
1: go browns go browns no kidding didn't get a chance to talk <laughs> to you yesterday I wanted to uh, not let too much time pass before i gave you a ring to get your thoughts
2: uh, well, I think they, they played a complete game first one in three years. Uh, it's uh, probably hard to argue with. No, they, they, uh, really, really did a great job. Uh, and, uh, the Chubb had a, had a career day and, uh, and, and so did the Mayfield. He was, uh, they were both terrific, uh, You know, uh, there's four guys, the Higgins and uh, Johnson and Chubb, the three guys made all the touchdowns, and they really did a great job. Uh,
1: I'm really
2: happy. I I hope this is uh, the beginning of uh, some some really competitive games from now on. Um,
1: You would think so. It's nice that we're getting that bye week, too, to get healthy. There's a few guys that are kind of dinged up.
2: And by the same token, it's by the time you know they're maybe they just got their stuff together, and uh, maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, they were they were playing their defense was was just uh, lights out. I mean, they were they were still playing that by that stupid zone stuff, but they, they were getting their they were charging, they were getting their quarterback, they were really getting a, doing a good job on getting it in there.
1: I mean, yeah, so. the whole you—you you made it. You made the comment right away that it was the most complete game they'd played in a long time. I completely agree. I mean, they yeah. there wasn't a phase of the game that really was lacking. It was really impressive.
2: Yeah, every phase of the game they they performed to perfection. It was it was really good. Uh, now uh, maybe this Williams is this, uh, Williams in this kitchen. Uh, you know, maybe these guys are going to materialize. You know. Uh, but if they don't, I would certainly like to like to, uh, wave a lot of green in front of uh, Bill Cower.
1: Bill Cower?
2: <laughs> yep.
1: Is he the one? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, Excuse my laughter. <laughs>
2: um. ah, no, you, hey, this guy, he, he talks to you and he sprays in your face all the time he's talking to you. You know, and that's what the guy's. Really hates it. He, he talks and he sprays all over you. You know, <laughs> he's got some some kind of a a, a lisp or something he's got. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would I would certainly like to if if this uh, uh, Williams doesn't pan out. But he has, you know, throughout their last they have last the six or eight games here, uh, I I hope they don't go to a college. Uh, I, you know, there's been talk about uh Mayfield uh Mayfield's uh, uh head coach over there right, yeah. right, uh, and I said uh, these these uh, college coaches just don't seem to cut it in the NFL there's I think it's too
1: risky. Them. I think it's too risky to go to a college coach. Oh
2: yeah, if there's a few of them that have have made it but for the most part uh, they just they just don't don't make it. That's all there is to it. Uh so Bill uh, Cower. I, I just, Bill Cower. Oh yeah.
1: I'm not going to let I you would, just I would go with him. Why? Know, why? Know, why do you like Bill Cower?
2: Because he's a kick-ass type of guy. He, he put the fear of God into these guys. You know, that's what you need. You, 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 you can't have a, a, a Jackson that um, a, a Mamby Pamby and uh, and then the, the the couple guys they had ahead uh, uh, of him. You know, uh, you need some some kick-ass type of guy to, to really put the fear of God into these guys well you know uh for the most for the most part they you know that goal line stand they had there the first one was was uh, tremendous you know they the second one they a uh, couple couple of uh, possessions after that they they scored on it, but they that their first goal line position they had on the one by one foot line and boy they they were performed admirably, you know
1: oh yeah, and they almost did it again. If yeah, if almost, peppers uh, had take a taken a little different in, approach yeah. on that pass to yeah. the tight end, if he just tried to wrap him up and bring him down,
2: it yeah. they would have done it yeah. again.
1: It didn't really matter yeah. at that point in the game. It was so late. We had done such
2: a good job of but letting it, yeah, the clock it was, run It was out. it, it, it would have been nice if they had stopped them twice. But that would have really been something, you know. Uh, you know, with the with the Browns, their their, their defense has been well, no matter what, how they play, they're, I don't really agree with their with their zone defenses, but the, I don't remember uh, uh, the, uh, the last time that the, the Browns ever created a quarterback coverage sack. It, it definitely
1: happened this week. They, they, actually brought, they actually brought less pressure, it felt like, than they have in previous weeks. Like Greg Williams has dialed up a lot of blitzes um, over the season, and he didn't do that that much. He did a little bit. He disguised like who was coming and would drop uh, different guys back, and so it was a little bit hard to see. But there weren't very many situations where he sent five or six guys after Matt Ryan. Yeah. It, was, it was nice.
2: And they even had the wishbone in there a couple of plays there, the, the brownies, the uh, kitchen...
1: Yeah, he did, for sure.
2: So, anyway, there's, uh, you know, it's, uh, they, and uh, uh, was it Higgins? Uh, uh, Hilliard Hill, 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 threw that pass? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was an intercepted, but uh, it's nice that there was a, a little bit of innovation there and something different. You know, I've been I've been preaching that they should do something like that for a long time, and finally they did something. Yeah, they finally but, did
1: something, and we threw an interception. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah,
2: threw an interception. <laughs> At least. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. next time maybe it'll work, you know, but they, they got to do something. They can't run. They can't have this run, run, pass, punt offense. You know, they, they just can't do it.
1: That was not the case yesterday. Damn, huh? That was certainly not the case yesterday.
2: No, no, it certainly wasn't, but they've had it for too long and it's time to, to change direction now it's and I, I hope that this Williams uh, can can get these guy these guys in a shape, and I hope this Kitchen uh, can can uh, be a little bit innovative with his with his uh, with his offense and and uh, do some stuff that nobody's seen before, at least none of the opponents. You know, it'd be nice, be free, be refreshing to see something different.
1: <laughs> yep. Now they they definitely showed something we hadn't showed all season um, with that wishbone. It was. That was great. We were really moving the yeah. ball too. It's a shame that that drive <laughs> ended on the turnover because it was everything was clicking perfectly.
2: Yeah, it uh, just one of those one of those things when everything was going just great, you know. And, uh...
1: So we got the bye coming up this week, Grandpa. You got any big plans since you're not going to be tied to your chair watching the Browns <laughs> next Sunday?
2: <laughs> no i'm not thinking that far ahead <laughs> just taking it one day
1: at a time huh
2: I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably be able to watch a game that i wouldn't ordinarily look at because of, at one o'clock because but i don't even know what the, who's playing now well okay, good talking know, to you good. enjoy
1: the win it's gonna we can stretch it out for a couple weeks and yeah. uh we'll just have I, fun I, if i don't talk to you uh next week too um have an awesome thanksgiving
2: Okay, thanks for calling and go brown. Go brown. See you grandpa. <laughs> okay,
1: my
0: my favorite thing about grandpa is how consistent he is. That man hates <laughs> the zone defense. And he there is nothing that you can say that will dissuade him from that opinion. Zone defense is the devil. No matter what, it's always bad. Can't he has no
1: patience for that sort of action. So we <laughs> He hates his own defense, and he loves the gadget plays, even when they result in an interception. Just got to do something different. Got to do something different. It it didn't work that time, but, you know,
0: maybe next time it'll work out. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, Freddie Kitchens endeared himself to to our grandfather for sure. Got to risk it for the biscuit. And the Bill Cowher as the top coaching (laughs) candidate is just priceless to me. I love Um, it. I looked it up as I was talking to him and then didn't have the heart to keep giving him a – bad time about it but the last time Bill Coward coached an NFL football team it was 2006 2006 that was when I was graduating high school I was still in high school in 2006 I have four children <laughs> <laughs> well you did that pretty fast let's be honest but still like it, this that is just... It's a completely different world. Uh, yeah, no, it's absurd. I don't want so it, Bill c- Cowers a That, that cracked me up. I, that was podcast gold, honestly. I'm so glad he said that. I do love the sentiment,
0: though. Like, he wants someone that's the opposite of Hugh Jackson. I don't know what sort of name he called Hugh Jackson. I Mamby Pamby. Mamby Pamby. Yes, perfect. That is exactly <laughs> how I would describe Hugh Jackson. Um, it's fantastic. And Greg Williams is showing that um, having, uh, to quote Grandpa Hardass in there, um, lighting a fire under everyone's belts, is going to be is going to be what we need and we did it worked out this week a huge win very excited about that win it was
1: a it's almost uncomfortable it's like it's weird we we took a nice lead and we held on to it there was it was never at risk throughout the game i was like bracing for impact throughout the third quarter and fourth quarter and it just didn't happen it was it was awesome that is the formula
0: that is the recipe our defense played really well at the end of that game to close it out for us, which is what we needed. What stood out to you about the
1: game? What were the reasons
0: why we got that win this week?
1: I think we had great offensive play calling, which everyone has been talking about, which you like to see. I still really want to see how that goes forward because this is still just the second week of Freddie Kishen's offense. So as adjustments get made, is he able to continually – adjust based on what is thrown back at us that'll be fun to watch but I just felt in general that we were way more prepared and ready for this game than I've seen our team the entire year and that's not just on offense that's definitely true on offense but also on defense like they just played well and when we were in situations like in the second half where we were way up We played the zone defense, which Grandpa might not like, but was honestly the right way to play things. They kept everything in front of them. They kept everything in the middle of the field. And the clock just ran. And they gave up those little dumps, and it was fine. Like, they weren't going to let anything crazy happen. And it worked out great. I mean, like, we we left their tight ends open in the middle of the field, but that that was what you wanted to do in the down and distance. Because they're not going to break anything. We gave up those
0: dumps, but then once it got down to like Ben don't break situation we proved that when we got they got near the red zone we could stop them so we could give them that and let them chew up the clock and then those two uh, towards the end of the game those two different drives that Atlanta had when they got all the way down there yeah. and it the was one they that was struggled the to get in the end zone there was one that was stopped that one, on one of those plays, on that first stop where we stopped him at the goal line, Jabril Peppers hit that hit. He like was he was fantastic. basically. I thought for
1: sure he was going into the end zone, and it was like a literal drive. It was like hitting a nail straight down into the ground. He literally went straight down, clean contact on the half yard line. Straight, ball was clearly
0: not in the end zone, and he had another one on that could have been in the end zone. Who knows? But on the uh, the drive. That was next drive or two drives after that.
1: Um, no, it was the same one. What, Are you
0: sure? Yeah, I think it was the it was the other one where um, he let the touch the other go. tight end Hopper Hooper, whatever their second tight end was about to get in, and the announcers thought that he got in,
1: but um, yeah, but that was earlier on that same drive. I think wouldn't it? And then Peppers planted him a couple plays later. I think it was gotcha. the same one. I'm not positive. I contend that it was the second one, but
0: it doesn't matter. Anyway, our uh, defensive secondary, a lot of guys. We had some guys come back. Um, Denzel Ward played in this game. Damaris Randall played, and that made a huge difference. A notable Can I go back to
1: my point? Yeah. There was one further. I wanted to take it a step further, I guess. Go. Dive in. I mean, I just felt like we were prepared better than we ever have. That's what I stated already. And so I just want to give props to the coaches because I really feel like they deserve it for once. Like, we clearly out-coached the Falcons in this game. Yeah, when was the last time we got to say that? Our team was way more prepared than theirs was. And they were mentally prepared. Like, we looked great on offense throughout the first portion of this game, but the the scoreboard didn't show it until halftime. And they were mentally in this game the entire time. They got that ball you know, with a two-minute drive to put points on the board. And that drive right before halftime, I felt like swung the game for us entirely. We drove right down, put it in the end zone, had that beautiful, beautiful screen pass to Chubb with all the misdirection. Mm-hmm. It, watching that the second time through was a treat. Tasty. i replayed that about ten times because like it was our awesome charts. to watch... Atlanta just completely bite on so the end-around.
0: So it was the fake end-around sweep, and then Baker... Well, he faked, faked
1: the handoff. He faked the handoff to Chubb, and then he faked the end-around to Antonio Callaway. And, and like, everybody he, went for that. And then he faked a screen to the opposite side.
0: To where Callaway was going. To where Callaway was going. Right. And then he threw and, it to and they Chubb. they bit
1: on that. They thought he was going to throw it out in the flat to Callaway or to, to yep. one of the other receivers that was out there. And then literally... Everyone ran out of the middle of the field, and Chubb just snuck right through, and it was perfection. And we had our blockers out there. I mean, it took forever to develop, but it was executed perfectly. If you can do it, do it. And so, anyways, but that dri- that whole drive leading up to halftime is what put us over the hump, and I just felt like we were oozing confidence from then forward. If that doesn't happen, we're down going into halftime. And it didn't feel like that. We were playing well. I felt good about how we were playing, but they were up pretty early because we had that interception and you know yep. it just kind of things didn't go quite perfectly in the first half. And so anyways I just I feel like the coaches deserve a whole lot of credit.
0: yeah uh, the offense looks like a completely different beast and it's shameful. it's shameful what Hugh Jackson and Haley had done to this offense over this the course of this year and last year and Granted, that is to be said. It could be that our our offense gets figured out and it, it gets on tape, and kitchens can't do the things that he's doing this week and, and the week prior. But
1: but he but he showed things that we hadn't been doing, and he's exactly. game. They're game planning specific to the opponent, which like I like to see. Yeah. Now maybe they've like pulled out all the tricks they have, and they don't really have an opportunity to go much deeper. That might be the case. But I anticipate that you will continue to see them doing new, innovative things to keep people guessing. I like to think that the
0: wishbone was created just for this Falcons defense and not. And that we'll continue to enter new packages just like that. That would be fantastic. Grandpa, shout out to Grandpa for knowing exactly what we were doing and knowing that we were running the wishbone offense.
1: Yeah. that Well, it harkens back to his era. He <laughs> was familiar with the. He might have ran the wishbone as a high schooler.
0: Did he play high school football? I don't, think I don't so.
1: know. so. No. Um, Dad did, didn't he? Dad
0: did not. No, he played for like a time, and he's like, yeah, they put me at offensive line. And I was like, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> He'd probably be really good at it. Oh, he would be. He's, he's a... like naturally strong. Oh, he's in way, a weird way.
0: way stronger than I am.
1: In a weird way. Um, I'd love to see him in his high school self playing offensive line. Would, <laughs> do, would he be like Quentin Nelson? Did you see the video? Quentin Nelson just <laughs> yelling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was fantastic. I was watching. I was watching Scott Van Pelt, and it was like this is the best video we've seen today. And they played it on a
1: loop like fifteen times. Him pulling, he just comes out. He pulls he's yelling and he's yelling the whole time. That
0: guy. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic.
1: Uh, so fun. Okay. The, so one thing I wanted to point out about that wishbone drive. Yeah. Which we were moving the ball really well. We got to the 34 and ended in a turnover. But it was really innovative. Definitely had them on their toes. We had a bunch of running plays, option plays off of that wishbone. They had a nice little slant to Brashad Perryman Mm -hmm. that went really well. Like the whole thing was working. And then it ended in the turnover. But have you ever seen the wishbone run with three true running backs? I was thinking about this. Because normally, when I've ever seen the Wishbone run, it's a wide receiver. It's either that comes a wide receiver or, a or like a fullback is yeah. the third guy. Yeah. There's like two running backs and a third guy. Yeah. It seemed really unique to me that it was three running backs. There was also. And they have different skill sets. Like, there,
0: I kind of liked it. There was a couple times that Orson Charles was in there on that drive and was part of it. But there was times where it was Hilliard, Duke, and right Chubb.
1: Right. And they like, all. When I think about the Wishbone. I don't even know if they actually ran it, or if they just had opportunity to run it. So this might entirely be in my head, but I think of the Arkansas mid two thousand football team where they had Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis. They would have those I don't guys. Know if they did run it, they would have those guys on the field all together all no, the time. Peyton
0: Hillis played fullback that whole time. Yeah, like he was just a fullback.
1: Yeah. Anyways, so I, that was just a note that I haven't heard anybody say anything about, but seemed unique to me. I don't know that I've ever seen the wishbone run that way. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense. Kitchens
0: is the running backs coach and he sees the talent that we have and he's like, Hey, let's use it. Yeah. Um, and that's how, that's how you need to coach an NFL team. Use the talent that you have and use, do what they're good at. One of the things that I was excited to, I in the post game press conference, uh-huh. I heard them talking about it. Um, and they were saying, yeah, I mean, whenever we have a package where Duke Johnson's out there, they know to look out for the pass. They know that we're going to try to pass the ball to him. So let's put them both out there at the same time and we can pass it to Nick Chubb because he's
1: well, Nick Chubb caught three balls. A completely in this game.
0: adequate receiver uh, almost equaled his entire catch um, total for the rest of the year.
1: And one of them, so the touchdown was just an easy catch, the uh, one of the other ones was an easy catch, but one of them, Baker didn't actually p- put a good ball out to him out on the flat and he had to completely twist around to make the catch. And I was like, wow. That was like a nice catch. Mm -hmm. I would expect Duke to make that catch because we've seen him do it over and over again. But he had to make an adjustment when his body was moving one direction, completely come back and catch it. So it's a nice thing to see going forward.
0: One of the things that stuck out to me most in this game is the statement has been made that Nick Chubb is a phenomenal running back. And his
1: patience and then burst whenever he like makes his decision on where he's going is unreal. There was that one play I
0: forget when it was in the game where he was, we were running to the right side. It was like a right side draw or off tackle. I can't remember. He hops um, to the right. He hops. He no, it wasn't the one where he's
1: running to the right side and then he completely cut it back yeah. all the way. No, because but he there hops was no- to the right first. And so everybody shifts to the right, and then he hops to the left and scoots it all the way back around the other way.
0: Like, his footwork was unreal. There was that critical mass of everyone running that direction, and he came all the way outside, which, like, textbook-wise, isn't exactly what you want to see your running back doing all the time. But if that's all that's there, and he has the speed to get outside and get around it, it's, it's just I, – I am in no way missing
1: Carlos Hyde. No. At all don't even know I mean, his name anymore it's not even worth I it. mean his line was ridiculous
2: he
0: had 20 carries for 176 yards and a touchdown
1: yeah he 20, was he was phenomenal
0: 20 for 176
1: so the one thing that i keep hearing so after week 1 we heard the players talking about how freddie kitchens talked to all of them and said like what plays are you comfortable with mm-hmm. and he wanted to run the plays that they were comfortable with which makes a ton of sense. Gives you a lot of confidence. Like it's going to show on the field. Like it's good coaching. Reasonable Freddie. Yes. Very reasonable. Betonio was quoted after this game. I don't know if you saw this Mm -mm. saying that he went to the quarterback. So Baker and all of the offensive linemen and had them give him their five favorite plays. What are your five favorite plays? That's awesome. But like your favorite play gets called, you know, your coach is like thinking about it. Like, you're going to go, like, make it happen. Yep. And you wanna you saw that. Again. Like, our running game was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, you know that that is a direct correlation.
0: It's just so funny to it's me. It's not a hard it's thing, just, but it's, it's, just it's so <laughs> funny to me how simple of an idea that is and how effective it was. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Oh. But, yeah, our running game looked fantastic on that 92-yard run. My favorite Chub part, though, it. was
1: Antonio Calloway. Just like, okay this one, got
0: this way. Yeah, so no, that was fantastic. But Antonio Calloway also has to attack the wide receiver there. Like he almost no, he was fine. He was in
1: he was in position. He just didn't even have to.
0: He didn't have to, but like he like Chubb almost got caught by the linebacker that was coming from the other side. Like Antonio Callaway has to at least engage to give him a little bit more room. I mean, it worked out right, yeah. and when it works out, you're always looking at the positives. But, um, uh, but yeah, Nick Chubb. And I think they said it on the broadcast, the national broadcast. He looks a lot faster than his four, five, whatever 40 time. Uh, okay,
1: but Nick Chubb ran faster than a four, five, I thought. Because he like crushed the combine, and the 40 was like a shock to everybody. I'm going to look it up. What is
0: the time? I don't remember off the top of my head. I just heard what they said on the broadcast. I was like, hmm, that's curious to me because I know that he is faster than that.
1: Oh, it was four, five, two. Okay.
0: Um, he's not the only rookie that looked fantastic. Baker going into halftime was 12 for 12 for like 165 yards, two touchdowns. Um, His comfort level was evident Um, going into this game. He felt like, well, he woke up feeling dangerous. (laughs) He woke up feeling dangerous. That's fantastic. Um, Like You were watching that press conference while I was sitting there on the couch. I,
1: just dying. My favorite part is not even that he said it. That's like an absolutely a Baker Mayfield thing to say. Yeah, And I loved it. It was the smirk on his face and how much like just like the. How much he the, loved that he was saying it. The oozing of confidence and just like being on top of the world. I just loved it. I just loved every little bit about it. It
0: was in
1: his scouting report
0: that he is dripping with swag. Yeah. Oozing with confidence, dripping with swag synonyms. Um, But, I mean, he had his best game, best game he's had with us so far, 17 for 20, 216, three touchdowns, 97.1 QBR. Um, Honestly, the best game that a Browns quarterback has had in, I don't know how long. Oh, I'm actually seeing this. Best, highest quarterback rating by a Browns starting quarterback in 40 years since brian Sype.
1: it's really hard to do better than that i mean
0: week 12 1978
1: yeah it's funny to me that either nick chubb or baker mayfield has to lose on the rookie of the week honors
0: how how great is that
1: are we over 50 percent of oh, the yeah. rookie of the week we've Lightning? had two thirds of them <laughs> six of nine weeks
0: who's gonna win offensive rookie of the year who do you think? I think it's Baker just because it's Baker.
1: Quarterbacks obviously get the benefit of the doubt. It seems like they'll lean towards a quarterback over another position player. But I think Saquon's going to give him a run for his money. I think it's between those two. If Baker keeps playing like he is, he'll win it. But right now, it'd be close if they had but to if decide Nick, today. If
0: Nick Chubb keeps playing like he is, even without starting those first few games, he's going to have a better stat line overall for the season than Saquon's going to have.
1: Nick Chubb is the eighth-leading rusher in the NFL, and he's only started four games.
0: See ya, Carlos Hyde.
1: He has the same number of yards as Christian McCaffrey. Rushing. Are you serious? Yeah.
0: That's fair. I mean, this week certainly helped a lot,
1: but... Well, and his Raiders game, which was, you know, three carries for 100-plus. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's insane. It's He's,
0: absolutely ludicrous.
1: Yeah. He only has to average like 70 yards a, car- a game for the rest of the year to break 1, <laughs> a 1,000.
0: 1,000 yards rushing is so not what it used to be, though. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, like... I think it's
1: harder to get it now. What? No. Guys, don't, they don't rush as much as they used to.
0: They don't rush as much as they used to, but they also pass way more than... You, it's the Barry Sanders effect, right? Like, you spread a bunch of wide receivers out wide, the defense is way more open... And you, there's more room for
1: running. I'd love to see the stats actually on how many more or less. I would contend that there's less thousand yard rushers now than there were before. You know, in the last in the last five years or so, I would say the number of thousand yard rushers has gone down. That's my guess. Hmm. Well, we'll look it up. Don't have oh. time to don't have time to do it right now. Report back to you the, on the uh, bi uh, week you. podcast <laughs> for the sin of our fathers.
0: The tantalizing bye week podcast that is also entertaining. Oh. By the way. Might here, as well let you know. Might as well let you know. We're going to have Dane Brugler on the pod again. We had him during the offseason. He was giving us a lot of insights into the draft, which we so appreciate. He was our first guest, I think, he's last year.
1: Yeah. During the bye week. So we decided to roll it back and start looking ahead to the draft.
0: Yeah, he's a great guy. Grew up a Browns fan. Um, has a soft spot in his heart for the Browns and loves to uh, come on with us. And we so appreciate it. So we're looking forward to that next week. Yeah. Um, if you like hearing um, someone who knows a lot about football in depth, then tune in next week because he is um, a really great lesson. Looking forward to it. Um, so this game was – it's really hard for me whenever I'm talking about a win to not just focus like all positives. Yeah, I was going like, to ask the
1: same question. Like it's like
0: I don't see the negatives when we come out with a win. They're there. But they are there, but it doesn't it like it almost doesn't matter to me. And whenever we lose, we're like, oh yeah, it was this, 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 and this. Yeah, I, I love the feeling. <laughs> I, I love it. Okay,
1: but what are the things like if you're nitpicking this game and looking at it through a more um Yeah. A more specific and judgmental lens, like being more realistic rather than just getting caught up in the emotion. Like what needs to improve? Like what areas? Um, would you call out? There's just so many positives are flooding my mind.
0: <laughs> um, I think that there was, but not so many. Um, there was some large, a ton of chunk plays to the outside, like tosses to the flat, um, to Coleman and stuff like that. But I mean, not a crazy amount. Um we didn't have any like QB pressures. Like we didn't have any sacks. Like it was, it I was think part good. of that was the
1: game plan. They didn't dial up many blitz. I mentioned this on the call with Grandpa. They didn't. Greg Williams didn't blitz as much as he normally does. Yeah. Um. And we didn't get that much pressure with just our front four. No, that's true. Which is one big, but one we, big nitpick of mine is I was surprised Miles had a pretty quiet game. Like. Well, they Miles, did double-team him a lot. He didn't play the whole game like he normally does. They did a much better job of rotating the defensive line. It was nice to see, actually. And then you got to see guys like Anthony Zettel actually make plays. And play well. Yes. He hurt himself celebrating. Did you see that? Yeah, but did we get I don't know if he's. A, I don't know if he's actually hurt. I don't, don't hurt. know if we know how hurt or not hurt he is. Um, another thing I was going to point out is we got kind of lucky on some fumbles. Yeah, Antonio Calloway's fumble. Calloway dropped that one. It bounced right back into his arms. Yep. Baker dropped that one, and then he picked it up and ran Ran for five or six yards. And then there was the uh, play that got reviewed where Duke fumbled it, but they ended up ruling him down. Yep. Any of those things goes the other way. We're screwed. It's a totally different situation. I mean, those things all worked out in our favor. Yeah, but we're just regressing to the mean. (laughs) Over the past three years
0: where we couldn't recover a fumble.
1: Yeah, I mean our turnover differential in this game, I guess, was even, right? Because we recovered the one fumble after Sanu, was it Sanu or Marvin Jones?
0: Well, no, but we also recovered the fumble at the end. Whenever,
1: oh yeah, so it's just yeah, so we, we, we got a plus one. We got plus one. Yep.
0: Because Jamie Collins was hustling his butt off. Yeah, he looked way better I, today.
1: Oh, I watched the replay. This is who in needs. That? Credit, go ahead. go ahead. I watched the replay
0: on that. He was like 20 yards outside the line of scrimmage when the fumble happened, and he
1: sprinted all the way back and ended up being the one that got that fumble. Like It didn't matter because it was a fourth down, so wherever that got recovered, it was a Browns ball. But Still, nevertheless,
0: like turnover differential, love the hustle. And there was also that one wherever he, it was like a six, seven-yard loss, where he came blitzed on the outside, and he was setting the edge on the outside. And he tackled Coleman when he was running around and just completely manhandled him, and was a effort play for sure, not th- letting go.
1: I think he was more. He's more in his element when Joe Schobert's on the field, because Joe Schobert was a freaking beast in this game. He's so good. He is so good across the board. I mean, there he stuffed up the middle. I mean he was the reason that we had that goal line stand. He yes, he, he was the, the reason we had that goal line stand. Cuz he not only did he plug the gap but then on the fourth down play he dropped into coverage and and got right in the middle and prevented Ryan from going to the tight end that he wanted to go to. And then from there it was just done. I mean that we was don't it.
0: we don't talk about showbird enough about how much of a positive that is moving forward from uh, the past couple of years is getting him on our team as a young middle linebacker who is
1: phenomenal. Or even just moving him from outside linebacker to middle linebacker. Think about how big of a difference that is. Greg Williams comes in and says, ah, I think you're in the wrong position. The guy played outside was a rush linebacker in college. They tried to play him on the edge his rookie year, and then they moved him inside and he's just crushing it. It's It's... A huge deal. Huge win. Yeah. Huge for a fourth there. round pick, I mean, that's for essentially For essentially the quarterback of the defense. Yep. And you saw the difference on just, like, how the defense executed whenever he was out there. I think it really helped having a Demarius Randall out there this week, too. We didn't have him against Kansas City last week. On those two back levels of the defense, to have those two guys is huge.
0: For Jabril to play where he's actually comfortable, Demarius to play more in coverage... And also to have Denzel Ward there, too. Our secondary looked leagues well, better to be than be fair, at the end of the last game against Kansas City. To be
1: fair, I don't think Jabril really gets displaced that much whenever um, Randall's out because they just put body in at the free safety spot. But he did have to play, In Peppers did have to play free safety a little bit last week.
0: But, yeah, so our secondary looked tons, leagues, leagues, leagues better.
1: Another interesting note from the game was... Um, Greg Joseph did miss an extra point.
0: It was fantastic. Did we you see everyone cheering every time <laughs> no, I was watching I the replay, and people were going wild every extra point that went. Like in, the fans, yeah, or the, the fans. Players? No, the people in the stands um, like way more than you would ever expect for someone to go be excited for an extra point, which is yeah. fun. It's that's what the NFL is leaning towards. They want it to actually mean something.
1: Yeah. And it, this almost just gives credence to my point about like the specific game plan and the coaching. Last week we went for two every time because we were playing Kansas City and we needed to stick with them. Like, there was a specific game plan in place. That wasn't just like, oh, we don't trust Greg Joseph. We're going to go for two every time. And Greg Joseph's delivered this time. It was great. He scored. He made every extra point. And that's another point. When was the last time we scored touchdowns every time we got down the field?
0: Yeah, we didn't have any field goals.
1: No field goals. We didn't settle for any field goals. That is enormous. That's how you get a lead that you have to protect. Like, a couple of those are field goals, and it's like a really tight game.
0: That's the, only, that's the way that you win National Football League games.
1: Yeah. I mean, that literally makes the difference.
0: Oh, wait. One of the things I want to talk about is TJ Carey, who we didn't have a ton of expectations for, but he played Julio Jones one-on-one this entire game. And played as well as we could have expected. Um, he what, what called did you for think a about BS his...
1: pass interference call that was really frustrating. Which one was that? It was down near the goal line. It was what set up um, it I th- I'm trying to remember I'm trying to place it actually in the context of the game. I don't know if it was what s- set up their f- first touchdown or it might have been right before our goal line stand. I don't know. But it was down near the goal line and they yep. called pass interference and he like made a phenomenal play. There's a little bit of hand fighting, but like he didn't make any significant contact with Julio like before the ball got there and he played the ball perfectly and just it was great. It was exactly what you'd want him to do. And for some reason they called it was like a superstar call
0: there was that one play that he had on one of our goal line stands where it was a uh, out route to fade. julio it, it it fade it was right there in the goal line so it could have been either but he fully extended high pointed the ball tipped it
1: away and it was a really hips. good play he actually it was a pick play and he avoided the pick and then made that play on the ball on a perfectly thrown ball by Matt Ryan. Like, it would have gotten through there, and I'm quite certain Julio would have brought it in for a touchdown if he hadn't tipped it. I mean, that's just something
0: that I didn't expect or think that T.J. Carey was capable of, but he did it the entire game. I mean, Julio Jones had actually 107 yards and a touchdown, but a lot of those numbers were, like, created towards the end of the game when we were playing soft zone defense, allowing them to catch the ball underneath.
1: Um, I thought it was interesting, it seemed like Julio was lined up in the slot a lot. And I don't know if that's common for the Falcons or not. I really don't know. I haven't watched enough of their games to know. But that kind of played to T.J. Carey's strength. That's what he's used to. He's better playing out of the slot than out on the boundary. And so I think it just kind of worked. And the way they set up the game plan for our defense in this game was – Denzel Ward matched up against Calvin Ridley, the uh-huh. smaller, faster, quicker guy. TJ Carey matched up against Julio Jones. And that was the way. And since they had Julio in the slot, it just kind of seemed like that catered to Carey's strengths. Yeah. It's interesting to me, though, uh, just like
0: theoretically, that the, like slot receiver, like slot cornerbacks, cornerbacks playing in the slot, that's usually like your third guy, right? You have your best mm-hmm. guys outside, and then your third guy is the slot covering the slot guy. The slot seems to me like it would be harder to cover because you don't have the out of bounds line there as a boundary. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah, it's it's more difficult. I just wonder, like philosophically, it's a skill why set, that though. is the thing. Like it's a it's a quickness
1: thing. Yeah, it's just a different skill set, and I don't know. It is weird. I completely agree. Yeah, it's just, it's
0: just strange to me. I was thinking about that today because you mentioned that one when, whenever after the game was over. And uh, when I was re-watching the game today, I was thinking about that. It's just a strange, strange way that the NFL is set up in that way. But, I mean, Kerry's great at it, and he, he did a really I mean, good job today's this week. NFL... I mean, he took he took Julio Jones out of, basically out of the game in the meaningful minutes of the game. Julio Jones didn't do a whole lot.
1: Oh, he had a bunch of, like, really huge stops. Yeah, it was, and they jumped off the screen. No doubt, best game T.J. Carey's played um, in the orange and brown. So,
0: and if we, we can were, build off
1: of that, that'd be great.
0: And we were wearing orange and brown this
1: <laughs> week. <laughs> why in the world do they we not wear the, the ugliest uniforms? Yeah, that is the worst combination. It is really bad, and I don't. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's what bad. were you gonna say? Why don't oh, Why don't we wear the orange jerseys? I just love the orange jerseys pretty much with any combination I like the orange on the white I like the orange on the orange if we the whole orange I love it yeah it looks really
0: good brown I, shirts orange pants i I don't think there could be a worse combo that we have it's it's too abrasive it is we got us a w and that I'm fine with that I'm all into thinking that jerseys have something to do with because our color rushes are doing us right oh man um but TJ Carry being doing well, having our secondary guys back, Joe Shobert being back and hopefully we'll be back for a long time. Um, Joe Sjobert, that's the first time he's been out for any amount of time, even in his college career. So that's in high
1: school. Yeah. I think he said
0: optimistic moving forward. Um, what yeah. else about this game? Do you have any uh, last minute pointers you want to talk about? Last shout outs, anything like that?
1: I've, uh, that's the extent of my notes. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. Run dry, but it is Great, ju- fantastic. Just that it, it was exciting. It's it was it was so exciting. Hopefully, cheers to a lot
0: more games like that. That yep. was fantastic. Yep, it's amazing what a new coaching staff can do. Some fresh minds, and it is illuminating to the fact that Hugh Jackson was absolute trash. Couldn't yeah. couldn't be more happy that he's gone.
1: He's uh, bringing his trash elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I and I hope he does. It's so it. The news came out that Hugh Jackson's been hired by Cincinnati. Um, In an and, undefined role, yes, an undefined role. They haven't said exactly what he's doing, and we talked about it on the podcast that we thought he was going to be hired as an offensive guy somewhere else. That's what he's good at, that's what he can do. Um, but it, it kind of really sucks that he's it, going to Cincinnati when we still have
1: to play them twice more this year. If you're Hugh Jackson, why do you take this job? Why? Right now. Like, you're still getting paid a lot by the Browns. Like, why do you jump two weeks after you got fired to go coach somewhere else in the middle of the season? Because he's a slimy little,
0: seedy little piece of work who wants to stick it to the Browns because they're still going to play the Bengals twice more this year, and he wants to screw him over and show that he was actually the answer to all of their problems and that they made a mistake. That's That's, I mean, unbiasedly, that's what I think.
1: Can I... It might be right. It very well might be right. And there's lots of Browns fans that are right there on your side and literally think he's the devil incarnate. No, I don't think that. I just, like, he,
0: he's, a, he's a slimy, squirmy little dude.
1: Yeah. Can, my proposal is that Hugh Jackson is a very mentally unstable and insecure individual. And Hugh Jackson thinks that if he doesn't take this job, That he might not get another job. And he's like, oh, this is one of the only people that actually likes me in the world. Marvin Lewis, I I should do this. But, like, seriously, have you ever heard of any other coach getting fired and, like, jumping at, like, the, the next opportunity that just shows up? It's completely unheard of. That doesn't happen ever yeah like if he just
0: waited until the offseason he would probably be hired as an offensive coordinator
1: probably in cincinnati yeah like if he wants to coach with marvin lewis in cincinnati like it just screams desperation from hugh jackson's side of things i like i don't feel sorry for him but in some ways it's kind of sad <laughs>
0: That was that was that was way more damaging than anything that I said about <laughs> Hugh Jackson. <laughs> that's that's what I think. Yeah, no, it's reasonable, and it's it's kind of like a big screw you to the Browns organization, which is fine. I I understand,
1: but you know what? If Hugh Jackson's the one creating game plans uh, to coach against the Browns, so be it. I think that might be a good situation for us. Yeah,
0: I feel positively about the chess match between Greg Williams and Hugh Jackson. Um, Agreed. So Hugh is now in an undisclosed role in Cincinnati. We got two more games to play, including the first game back after the bye week. Um, so we have six more games left to go in the season. Yep. We got six to go. We played the Bengals twice. We played the Texans, we played the Panthers. Texans have a really good record, but haven't played a lot of good teams. We play the Texans, we play the Panthers play the Broncos, and we play the Ravens once more.
1: And only two of those are at home, right? So the first one back with the Bengals is in Cincinnati? Um, First one
0: back against the Bengals is in Cincinnati, yes. Then in Houston, then in Cleveland against the Panthers, then in Denver against the Broncos, then in Cleveland against the Bengals, and then at the Ravens to finish off the season. So we have two more home games and that is against the Bengals and against the Panthers. Um okay. so what are your expectations for the rest of this season? We got six more games. We are 3-6 and 1. What is a success in
1: your mind? It's a good question. Um I think a success in my mind is going 3 and 3 the rest of the way out. We end that finishes our record at three nine and one or six nine and one my head's not working quite right six nine You're and good. one it's like um i think that's a realistic spot but the Where optimistic you... browns fan in me like looks at each of the undefeated games, wild card spot and the hardest games there are probably the texans and the I, panthers I don't know about the texans though i mean i think we could beat the texans but that's in houston i think we that's... absolutely could beat the texans that's a tough That – it'll be super interesting to see how their defensive line stacks up with our offensive the, the line. The Texans' make make best wins right now are against the
0: Dolphins and, like, yeah,
1: the Dolphins. I'm really interested to see how that are, one shakes out. They're also missing Will Fuller now for the rest of the year, like, which is, like, a huge dynamic to their offense that's not going to be present anymore Um I would say that game and the and the Panthers game are the most challenging ones. And similarly to the Texans, the Panthers have not done well against the better competition and have looked good against lesser competition. And the Panthers game's in Cleveland. So I like I like that in our favor. So you can talk we've, me into like we've picking the Browns in all of these games going down the stretch.
0: And when we pick the Lions, we will pick the Browns in all of these games.
1: <laughs> very very Likely might, so that begs the question: Does nine six and one get the Browns into a wild card spot? If they would run the table in a crazy, ridiculous scenario, which yeah. I certainly do not expect to happen, but yeah, it's it's in the cards. Well, I mean, you got the Chargers there that have the Chargers have only
0: lost like what two games, so they've got one of them for sure. Yep. because the Rams are in there. And then who's not the Rams? The Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs. Sorry. And then so like who is the who's the other one? Right. The a- AFC South is like nobody it's like the it's gonna be the Titans probably, right? Or the Texans. I mean the Texans are currently So leading. that's who you're talking about. It's the, the
1: Titans and the Texans.
0: The Texans are currently the Titans
1: is a good bet because they have a pretty good record and It's the it's the AFC South, so Titans and Texans or whoever else in our division is still floating around. But I but mean if we run but the if we table, win
0: out, then we're ahead of them, theoretically. Most
1: I mean um, the bank. We beat the Bengals twice. We're ahead of them for sure. And the Ravens have a losing record right now. Anyways, they're four and five. So, um, so
0: it's that crappy, crappy AFC South.
1: That's got to be what it is. Because in the East, there's nobody else. It's the Patriots, the Jets, the Dolphins, yeah, the Bills. Not, there's nothing. Nothing. And then in the West, there's nobody else. I mean, it's the. I mean, it's the Chiefs and the Chargers that we talked about. And then the Raiders, obviously not a contender. And then what's the final team in that division that I'm missing? The Broncos. Broncos, yeah. Who, who think, are, like, you know, kind of in the same range as yeah. the Browns right now. Yeah. Would have to win out, basically, to be in contention.
0: Yeah, I mean. So it's the so we're cheering against. It hurts my soul to say it, but the Titans. If if we were to win out, because I like to stay hopefully optimistic at all times. But it's we're cheering against the Titans, and uh, we're cheering against the Chargers.
1: But for that it is for funny that wild card. It spot. is funny. A nine win team could make it. Oh yeah, the tie could be the, <laughs> the the tie, the tie could, could be make the tiebreaker. The difference. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. It act, ties generally act favorably in... Wild
1: card fights usually. What will make you feel good for our final record after this whole
2: stretch?
0: Well, I tell you what, if we, the divisional games are what would make me feel the best. If we beat the Ravens in the last week, I would be really happy to sweep the Ravens um, in Baltimore. And if, if we went, if we won three games through the rest of the year and they were just the divisional games, I would be elated. Um I mean like the the Broncos game, I want to win that game. I think we can win that game. I think we should win that game. I think yeah. there's a very real chance. The Texans game, I feel the same about. I don't think that they're as good as their record shows because they're in that terrible AFC South. Mm-hmm. Um they haven't played a lot of tough teams. Um Panthers, I think we should lose. We <laughs> we, we probably will lose. Um and that's the only one that I think I chalk up to a loss. The other ones I think are all a toss-up. We have a legitimate chance to win all of the rest of those games.
1: It's recency bias, but the Panthers just didn't look that good this last week on Thursday night, and we're gonna yeah, be playing did. at home. Yeah. I just like it. I just, it's just like ah, oh, we might be able to beat yeah, them. Yeah, they didn't. But think about it on the last podcast when we were saying,
0: yeah, the Panthers are for sure gonna beat the Steelers. Like they're still the same team. They they didn't. They had Which, a they had a bad game.
1: Speaking of picks, we all clean sweep. Picked the Panthers and they got completely routed.
0: Obliterated. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even fun to watch. Those games are fun for me to watch when I'm watching the Steelers play or something because I'm just cheering for the other team almost as passionately as I am cheering for the Browns. But it was disappointing for sure. Um, so speaking of the lines, we like to pick the lines every week. It's a little competition between me, Michael, and Matthew. I'm looking forward to the end of the year who has the best picks throughout the entire year. So we picked the primetime games, and Matthew's not here this week, but we got his picks, I think. We did. We got his picks. All right. Michael uh, tells us what the lines are, and me and Matthew pick them.
1: Um, I'm not going to embarrass him this week because I I furthered my lead in this little competition, Uh, but we'll just look ahead to this week. Um, And we're only going to pick two games because we normally pick the Browns game plus the Thursday night, Sunday night, so we'll just pick Thursday and Sunday and go from there. So, Green Bay at Seattle on Thursday, which is a interesting one.
0: That is interesting.
1: Um, always tough to play at Seattle. Seattle is favored by two and a half points. So, I'll just go ahead, because I know you haven't looked at these lines yet. Um, I'll go ahead and make my pick. I don't <laughs> feel good about either one of <laughs> these. Like, I f- I'm going to feel uncomfortable either way I go with this. Um. And when I feel like things are that close, I typically just go with the home team. So I'm going to pick Seattle in this case. Two and a half is not a ton. And I'm just going to rely on the 12th man short week. Gosh, Thursday night games are so hard to pick. But I'm going yeah. to go with the Seahawks. Yeah,
0: I I too am actually going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, they played the Rams well this last week. It went down to the last drive. The uh, Seahawks were driving, trying to win the game at the very end, um, which was surprising to me. Um, I think they got a little spite left in them. They're, actually, they're fighting for a spot, for a wildcard spot. They still believe that they can do it. Um,
1: Man, the NFC is so much harder. We just went through the whole oh, AFC picture. The NFC is yeah, so oh, no. much more ruthless. For sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, not as bad as the East and West in the NBA, but it's there is a disparity for sure. Um All right, so you got Seattle. So I got Seattle. I think that they're going to – they came off a tough loss, a close loss to the Rams, and they're going to have the built confidence from that, all the fire moving forward. Um, I actually don't like the team a lot as a whole when I look at the individual pieces, but –
1: They're playing pretty well. But
0: they're playing well, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I look at the the whole picture of the games that I see, but and I can't really describe why that's happening, but I I like the Seahawks.
1: Uh, Matthew picked Green Bay. So it's another chance for us to gain another game. Or a Um, chance for
0: him to... uh,
1: He needs it. He's in the basement. He does. He does. Let's Uh, throw him under
0: the bus while he's not here to defend himself.
1: As much as we can. Let's kick him.
0: (laughs) All right, what's the next one? Um, (laughs) Savage, Michael.
1: Um, Minnesota at Chicago on Sunday night. Chicago favored by three. So another one that's like,
0: That is a complete toss-up. Both of them are. Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. So not an easy one to pick. I'm going to go ahead and let you make this pick first this time. Minnesota Minnesota. at Chicago. (laughs) Chicago favored by three.
0: That is so tough. Minnesota's obviously not looked the way that they looked last year, and Chicago's looked a lot better than they have in the past. I like Nagy. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Bears. Khalil Max back. Supposedly, from his injury, um, the Bears' defense has looked really good. Whatever Cleo Max in there, um, and it, it's gonna be. I mean, the Vikings' offense is obviously so good. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Bears. I think that they'll be able to squeak one out. They are leading atop their division. They're fighting to keep it.
1: Matthew also picked the Bears. I'm gonna pick the Vikings. Okay, I like the Vikings.
0: I like the I, Vikings too. Both of these teams are
1: super talented. Yep, I just like the experience on the Vikings a little bit more than what the the Bears have right now. It's an important divisional game for both teams. I think they're both going to want to win. Um, my only hesitation is that it is in Chicago, so that I don't feel awesome about that. But um, I'm going to go with the Vikings, Kirk right. Cousins and company, Adam Thielen, Kirko. Love Adam.
0: it. It's really fun to watch Adam Thielen play. Oh, yeah. He catches everything in his
1: vicinity. He's a good wide receiver. He sure is. Yeah, the Browns could use one of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, a true number one wide receiver. If you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking about trying out for the Browns and you are a true number one wide receiver, please do so. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We appreciate you. Um, be sure to reach out to us on Twitter. That's at Sin of Our Fathers. Uh, send us an email, fathers at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions of something we should talk about, or have any comments about the show? Um, we love to interact with you guys. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. Go, Browns.
1: Go, Browns. Shape Barbasaur.